Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. This is Gateway City Sports. The rumors are true. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A confident young man. A superb athlete. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. You got to get it done. Gentlemen, start your engine! British young Cinderella coming out of nowhere. He's got about 350 yards up. He's going to get about 500 yards. He's got a beautiful catch. Dead! Oh, he got all of that one! Hey there, I am glad you stopped by today. Man, it's still hot right here, but we got the tent. And the misters are going, the cooler has plenty of ice in it, there's always a lot going on. So, bring on your koozie, bring on your web chair, and we're going to talk some sports today. You don't understand, I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Romo looking, dumps it off right side, intercepted! Intercepted the goal line by Woodson! And there is your dagger! Hey, welcome sports fans. If you're a repeat listener, then welcome back. If this is your first time, I'm glad you could make it. We'll go over the U.S. Open results as well as some early round of the Travelers Championship. The Battle for Lord Stanley's Cup is going on and still and will play tonight. Uh, I'll bring up to date on the College World Series, maybe some Major League Baseball news, and of course, as always, a little bit about some of my favorite teams. This time, I'm going to kind of shift from the Cardinals and uh, Illinois men's basketball to Illinois women's basketball. So you want to stay tuned for that one. Uh, so I want to remind you that Talking Sports on the Bleachers is a proud part of the Gateway City Sports Network. At Gateway City Sports, you go find articles on sports in and around the St. Louis area. You can also find other podcasts like this one. If you like the Cubs and the Cardinals, then talk a little bit, a little bit of Hollywood talk thrown in at the side. Then the Team of Rivals podcast is for you with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. If football is more your thing, then when the season starts, I encourage you to listen to End the Cards with A-Train Arlington Lane. I just love saying that name. And we also have the Two for Three with the Moose Mike Stevenson and Yakker Jacks with Brian Papaswope. 
Now, both those shows are kind of a little bit of a hiatus right now, but hopefully they'll get back to uh, uh, putting out some good content. And, of course, there is always the ever-popular Derek King Sports Show. By the way, I want to throw a shout-out to my guys from the team of Rivals and their kind words about my show the other day. Uh, nice to know that your peers listen in, and boys, I listen to you guys as well, including your talk about Star Wars. I'm I'm a Trek fan, not a, a really a Star Wars fan, but I do enjoy what you guys do. So, thank you, boys, and here's a shout back out to you. So, check out GatewayCitySports.com. You might be just glad that you did. So let's get into it and lead with some golf. The 2022 U.S. Open is in the books, and after posting a 68 in the final round, Matt Fitzpatrick found himself atop the leaderboard by one stroke in front of Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. It was Fitzpatrick's first major championship. Going into the weekend, Colin Morikawa led the halfway point, but would fade back with a 77 on Saturday. What made Fitzpatrick's win more impressive is at one point, Scotty Scheffler, John Ramp, and Rory McIlroy, McIlroy, excuse me, were all in front of him. Fitzpatrick took the lead at the turn by one stroke over Zalatoris as Ram and McIlroy couldn't capitalize on opportunities, and on number 11, Zalatoris grabbed the two-shot lead over Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick came back on 13 and, and a birdie on uh, to tie on 13 and a birdie on 15 by, by Fitzpatrick, a bogey by Zalatoris gave Fitzpatrick a, a two-stroke lead for him. <laughs> they kind of went back and forth with that, uh, with three holes to play. On 18, Fitzpatrick could find himself in a fairway bunker in his tee shot, but managed to hit an excellent shot out of the bunker and putt in for par. Zalatoris missed a, a birdie putt that would have given him a tie and forced a two-hole playoff. But it didn't happen, and Matt Fitzpatrick is your U.S. Open winner for 2022. Open around Thursday at the Travelers was the TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. Roy McElroy shook off his fade out at the open and shot a bogey-free 8-under par 62 to take the lead. He does have company hot on his heels as Xander Chalifay. Chal I'm gonna, I apologize, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Chalifay and Martin Laird. They were, one, they were one shot back. Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Charles Howell were three strokes off the pace. Matt Naismith and Cameron Davis uh, were, oh, excuse me, they were three strokes off the pace. <laughs> uh, Catley and, and Simpson and Howell were two shots back. I couldn't read my own notes there. Uh, other notables, Scotty Scheffler was, was two under and six strokes back, and Jordan Spieth had a horrible round finishing at a five over. Now, day two saw an impressive charge, but this time it was Xander Schauffele matching his one one his uh, day one, excuse me, seven under sixty three with another bogey free seven under sixty three for a two day total of fourteen under, and he had a five stroke lead ahead of his nearest competition, which included his Ryder Cup teammate Patrick Cantlay. Uh, Roy McIlroy had some bad luck and managed to stay at par and eight under for the tournament on day two. Day three looked like it was going to be a repeat for Sheffley. He started out strong, kept his lead. However, the back nine would be a challenge, and he would be one over after the first six holes on the back nine. He would recover to get to 17 under for the first three rounds, but his lead's a little, little tighter than it was in day two, as he only held a one-stroke lead over his Ryder Club 
partner of Patrick Cantlay. Uh, Saith Tigla is third with three strokes back, and Kevin Kisner is four shots back. And uh, for today's final round, Cantlay and Shafflet will be paired up on the final round. Staying with the PGA for a few minutes here, it seems like the feud between the PGA and Live Golf is just starting to heat up, and I don't think it's going to get any cooler. Uh, seems that the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan is ramping up for a war. Uh, Wednesday, during an address to the media, Monahan announced that three new events in the fall and a large pay increase, plus purse size increases of the other eight events left, uh, and uh, no fall events will be part of the writer of the FedEx Ryder Cup. Instead, three of them will be big money events for the top 50 players in FedEx Cup points. So I'm not sure what that's all got. The uh, they're still going to use the FedEx Cup points. But it's not going to. But these three tournaments are not going to be part of the FedEx Cup. I guess is the way they're they're saying it. Uh, the new events uh, increased purse will be seem to be a counterattack for Liv, who doesn't use just purse. The PGA, the way they play it is, uh, you go to the tournament, you compete. If you do well, you get money. Uh, Liv, however, is signing players to actual guaranteed contracts aside from the purse at the events so I think this is in a way to try to uh, combat live uh, without actually going to their level and signing players to contract right now live uh, after the signing of Brooks Capella uh, has 20 of the top 100 golfers in the official golf world rankings so what does all this mean here? I'll try and give you the breakdown as best as I understand it. It's possible the PGA will overlay the pre previously uh, scheduled events that they have with these three new tournaments. Again, all to be played in the fall. And the tournament payout, or the payout for those tournaments is going to be around $60 million. Uh, so they'll feature 50 golfers who qualify for the BMW Championship, which is the second of the three FedEx Cup playoff events. Um, in another proposed change, only 70 golfers, which is down from 125, will qualify for the first FedEx Cup playoff event, uh, which is the St. Jude Championship, and only those 70 will be guaranteed PGA Tour cards for the next season. Now, as for the season, the PGA will move back to a calendar year schedule uh, instead of this kind of rolling uh, seasonal schedule they have. Uh, they're going to go to a calendar year schedule in 2024, uh, January of 2024. Now, additionally, the purses of the eight different events have already been increased and nearly doubled, with the biggest individual purse now in golf now belonging to the Players' Championship, which was bumped from $20 million to $25 million. Uh, now, another entity in all this is the DP World Tour, which is formerly the European Tour. And they've now weighed in as well in this whole thing. They've come out with sanctions for their members who have signed on with Liv. Uh, players will not be allowed in the two, uh, 2022 Scottish Open, uh, Barbasol Championship, as well as the Barracuda Championship, July 14th through the 17th. Uh, added to the loss of opportunity for each player, or excuse me, added to the loss of opportunity, each player will be fined 100,000 euros. Uh, Keith Pelly, chief executive of the DP World Tour, said every action 
anyone takes in life comes with the consequence, and it is no different in professional sport, especially if a person chooses to break the rules. That is why, uh, that is what has occurred here, and with several of our members, uh, he went on to say that many members I have spoken to in recent weeks expressed the viewpoint that those who have chosen this route have not only disrespected them and our tour, but also the metrocratic ecosystem of professional golf that it has been a bedrock of our game for the past half century and which will also be the foundation upon which we build the next 50 years. Their actions are not fair to the majority of our membership and undermine the tour which is why we are taking the action that we have announced today. So these three tournaments in question uh, are co-sanctioned events, the, the, the ones from the DP tour which is the uh, uh, Barbasol, Scott, the Scottish Open, the Barbasol Championship, and the Barracuda Championship. Those three are in conjunction with PGA, so they they kind of co-sponsor those events. Uh, but the DP has not said what they're going to do about their other tour events that they are in sole uh, control of, um, because there are live players. Um, with uh, that are uh, signed on to participate in the BMW International Open and the Renaissance Club on July 7th. So I don't think this is quite over just yet. But uh, but you know, DP is trying to get into. Um, I think they may be trying to side with as much as they can with the PGA, but still leave some options open uh, because there has been rumors that the PGA or Live Golf could actually absorb or buy uh, the DP Tour, if you will. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but uh, it is, I don't know. This is, this is like I said, I think this is shaping up to be a, a war of sorts. And uh, I think Jay Monahan um, mentioned it uh, after his comments. Uh, somebody asked him, I think, about the, if it, being able to uh, meet live head-on in this type of competition. And uh, he said, if it's a matter of money, he said the PGA will lose because they're facing basically a government. Because as uh, I've pointed out before, uh, the Live Golf Tour is sponsored by the Saudi government. I mean, in a sense, it's a, it's an arm of the Saudi government that is sponsoring the Live Tour. So they've got untold billions of dollars they can throw at this. Um, you know, I always thought of golf as a stress-free sport. But it sounds this sounds about as stressful as buying a car. Yeah, you know, but Fifth Street Motors believes buying a car doesn't have to be stressful. Fifth Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri, will help you find the vehicle you need, no matter the brand. Fifth Street Motors believes in giving you the best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. So give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306 and tell them. Gateway City Sports and Talking Sports on the Bleachers sent you. Well, the College World Series starts this weekend with the best of three playoffs, pitting Old Miss versus Oklahoma. Uh, first game is Saturday, June 25th at 7 p.m. Old Miss defeated Arkansas and Oklahoma defeated Texas A&M to reach the finals. So good luck to both teams and. 
I don't have a horse in a race, so just good luck to both teams. <laughs> uh, sticking with baseball, the Yankees and Aaron Judge have reached a contract agreement to avoid arbitration. In a deal struck Friday, the Yankees and Judge agreed to a one-year deal worth $19 million. Now, Judge filed his arbitration case for $21 million. The Yankees countered with a $17 million offer. But they were able to come together before the actual hearing to avoid an, an actual arbitration ruling. Uh, of course, Judge didn't hurt his case when the night before the agreement he came in with a game-tying three-run homer and then hit a walk-off single in the ninth to push the Yanks to a victory. Dodger reliever Daniel Hudson is likely done for the year after a torn ACL or excuse me an injury ACL injury to his left knee. Uh, Hudson appeared to injure his knee while pitching to Ronald Acuna Jr. in the eighth inning of Friday night, and at last report they were awaiting further testing to confirm the diagnosis. On Wednesday, Toronto hitting coach Guillermo Martinez was ejected prior to the game. Uh, doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Uh, versus the White Sox after he got into a heated discussion with umpire Doug Eddings when handing in the lineup cards. On Friday, the MLB suspended Martinez for five games for making contact with the umpire. The argument seemed to stem from the previous night, uh, which would, I guess, have been Tuesday night's game, um, where it was likely that it believed that many missed balls, and according with multiple sources, credited Eddings with missed calls, six blown strikeouts, and only a 64% accuracy rate. Uh, Martinez has also been fined an undisclosed amount of money, and his suspension began Friday. In the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning forced Game 6 and beat the Colorado Avalanche 3-2 on Friday night. The Lightning struck first when John Ruta slapped, a, slapped one past Darcy Kumpar, Kumper to take a lead uh, at the 15-23 mark in the first period. Colorado would tie the game on a Valeri Nishkushkin backhand at 5.07 of the second. Three minutes later, Nikita Kircherov would put the Lightning back in front uh, at 8.10 in the second. It would stay that way until... Kale Makar got a wrist shot past Andre Valesensky to knock the game at the 231 mark of the third. The winning goal came to the 1338 mark by Andre Pallet, and Tampa would hold on to stave off elimination for the third time this postseason. Okay, so the NBA draft was held, and to say there was some curveballs would be kind of a an accurate statement. Uh, the Orlando Magic, who had Every analyst that seemed uh, were going to said they were going to take Jabari Smith. Um, the uh, the Magic said, <laughs> "Wait just a minute," and instead they took Paolo Banchero with the overall number one pick. That set off a series of events. Uh, Keegan Murray was selected over Jaden Ivey. AJ Griffin fell out of the lottery, and it just uh, everything just kind of spiraled from there. Uh, now, according to Colin Ward, uh, Ward excuse me, Colin Ward-Henninger and Kyle Boone from CBSSports.com, they handed out grades for what happened, and here's just some of them. The Detroit Pistons grabbed guard Jaden Ivey from Purdue at number 5, and uh, Jalen Duran, a center from Memphis, at number 13, uh, as long as uh, Gabriel Posita, from, a forward from Italy, uh, they get an A+. Um the selection of Ivy gives Detroit a solid backcourt, and with Duran in the middle, gives him a good presence. 
Persid is considered a depth pick, but could still play dividends down the road. The New Orleans Pelicans also got an A-plus for drafting Dyson Daniels, a guard from the G League, uh, uh, Ignite, uh, that's the name of the team, Ignite, uh, and the eighth pick, or with the eighth pick, and on the 41st pick, they grabbed E.J. Liddell, who most thought would go in the first round. Um, and now at the 52nd pick, uh, they also selected Carlo Matkovic, a center from Serbia. Now, it's clear the Pelicans went with some size here uh, with uh, Liddell and, and, and Matkovic, uh, but uh, they also picked up some solid talent as well. Um, so, man, Matkovic may not have the name recognition he has, but he has the size, and he's very athletic for a big man. So, uh, the Pelicans uh, did well. Another team that did well with an A-minus grade is Oklahoma City Thunder, picking up Gonzaga center Chet Holgram with the second pick, then getting Ausme Deng, a forward from New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand Breakers, at number 11. Uh, following that, picked up with Jalen Williams, a guard from Santa Clara at number 12. Then with the 34th pick, getting Jalen Williams. Now, <laughs> uh, the first Williams is spelled J-A-L-E-N, and the second Williams is J-A-Y-L-I-N. So, I, I, you know. But anyway, uh, this uh, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, and according to uh, Ward Henninger, uh, Holm, Holmgren could end up as the best player in this draft. Uh, Ding has a very has probably the highest upside of any of the uh, selections, and the Williams uh, Jalen Williams stock rose uh, during pre-draft workouts, uh, but was still a slight surprise being picked at picked up at number twelve. And uh, Jalen Williams is seen as tough as nails inside talent, so uh, they for that they get the A minus. Other teams grading high were the Golden State Warriors with an A, Houston Rockets, A, Indiana Pacers, an A, Cleveland Cavaliers, Chicago Bulls, uh, all got an A, despite the Bulls only having one pick, and that was Dalen Terry, a forward from Arizona. The Atlanta Hawks also get, then Charlotte Hornets also get an A, or excuse me, the Atlanta gets, Hawks get an A, and the Charlotte Hornets get an A-. minus. Now, in their rankings... Um, no one made in the selections made got lower than a C. Now Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns made no picks as the Jazz sat out the draft and the Suns were there but just didn't pick anybody. Uh, the lowest grades went to the LA Kings, a C, whose only pick was Keegan Murray at number four, and they passed on Jaden, but they passed on Jaden Ivey. Uh, the Washington Wizards also got a C for their selections. Uh, number 10, Johnny Davis, the guard from Wisconsin, and Yannick Nzoa, a Chicago, or a center from the Congo. Uh, now, as always, there were some notable snubs uh, or players that were overlooked for lesser players. Now, according to Kyle Boone, CBSSports.com, the three he points out uh, as being most notable were Scotty Pippen Jr., point guard from Vanderbilt, Jane Montero, shooting guard from Overtime Elite, and Kofi Coburn, the center from Illinois. Now, I think I'd also like to add to the list Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers and Brady Manick from North Carolina, as, as I've seen both those guys play, and I think they are NBA talents. Um, 
and there are many others, like John Butler from Florida State, Gabe Brown from Michigan State. Now, just because they're not drafted, though, doesn't mean their hope is gone. And as already, Montero has signed an Exhibit 10 deal with the New York Knicks. Ron Harper Jr. gets a two-way deal with the Toronto Raptors. And Kofi Coburn got an Exhibit 10 deal with the Utah Jazz. Now, I had to look this up, um, what all this actually means. But an Exhibit 10 contract gives a franchise the flexibility to convert it to a two-way team deal. But the team has to ensure that it happens before the, the commencement of the regular season. Now, Exhibit 10 deals are usually non-guaranteed, which means the team can waive the player and not get a cap hit for their payroll. But if a player is on Exhibit 10 contact with a particular team, it would allow him to participate in that franchise's training camp. The team will control that, G, that player's G League rights, and he's eligible to get $50,000 if he manages to spend 60 days plus with the G League affiliate. Signing a basketball athlete to an Exhibit 10 contract works out well for NBA teams who hold the option and can either cut them or include them on the roster as they see fit. Now, some limitations are a team can't carry more than six Exhibit 10 contracts at one time, and an Exhibit 10 contract can only be converted before the regular season begins and can only be converted to a two-way. Now, once it does go to a two-way, it can also be from then transferred into a one-way contract, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, and even though an Exhibit 10 gets converted to a two-way, the deal can later also turn into a sta I just said, <laughs> uh, standard contract as well. Uh, now, the two-way contract is a professional sports contract that stipulates that an athlete's salary is dependent upon the league in which the athlete is assigned to play. Uh, this is opposed to a one-way contract, which that would be the same salary regardless of where the athlete is assigned to. So, if a player were to sign a two-way contract with, say, the Westchester Knicks and the New York Knicks, the Westchester is in the G League, and of course the New York Knicks are in NBA, um, the salary when he plays for the G League, Westchester, he would get the G League salary. When he plays for the Knicks, he would get the NBA salary. Um, then that would usually be the rookie league minimum. Now, a one-way contract would be a set salary. There would probably be somewhere between G League and NBA minimum, and that would be the, that player's salary regardless of if he played in, say, Westchester or with New York. Um, so it sounds like uh, eventually, you know, actually the uh, Exhibit 10 is a safe and protected option for NBA teams uh, as they, it gives them plenty of different uh, uh, ways to go with that player. And uh, speaking of protection, and the curve, you know, as I spoke of. Uh, when life throws you a curve, you need protection. You need Allstate. The Sean Wyatt Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold ready to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and much more. They offer a customized approach that is unique to you and your situation to make sure you, your family, your assets are all fully protected. They also offer great rates and savings. So give Sean and his team a call today, 636-764-6294. They'll help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. That's just how they roll, folks. Even give them a call if you want to talk sports. Because, well, you know, they'll do that too. As we all have busy lives, and especially now with this time of the year with the kids out of school and all these activities. Uh, but you can email Sean. Sean Wiley at Allstate.com 
and talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you are in good hands with Allstate. Now, speaking of Kofi Coburn, that reminds me of Illinois, and I am still trying to effort some people to talk about Illinois hoops. Uh, hopefully, I can get that done here soon. I'm also looking to talk a little bit of Illinois football, uh, so we'll hopefully get some people on for that. Um, but men's hoops is not the only thing making noise. And no, I'm not talking about the football program. Back in March, the Illini named Shauna Green as the new head women's basketball coach. She becomes the 10th women's coach in program history. And for the past six seasons, Green has been the head coach at the University of Dayton. And in that time, Dayton has won, ten, uh, won the Atlantic 10 regular season championship six times. Or excuse me, five times uh, in six seasons. And has appeared in the NCAA tournament four times. Green is a three-time Atlantic 10 Coach of the Year, and last season captured the Atlantic 10 Championship and an opening round win in the NCAA Tournament. The Flyers finished with a 26-6 mark. Green has compiled an overall record at Dayton of 127-50 and and an overall coaching mark of 156-75, which includes two years at Loris College. Uh, At Dayton, her teams have won 22 games in four of the six seasons. Coach Green is a native of Clinton, Iowa, and besides her two coach, head coaching assignments, she was also an assistant at Providence and Northwestern. She played her college ball at Canasis College, and she was a when she was a Shauna Garonzen, uh, she uh, named was named All Conference all four years, uh, and three times named to the first team. She is still the Griffins' all-time leading scorer with 2,012 points. And in 2012, <laughs> she was inducted into the Canadians' Hall of Fame. Now, when introducing her to the media, Josh Whitman said, in, and this is a quote, In visiting Shauna, I was struck by her inner drive, her innate competitiveness, and her commitment to the student-athletes under her charge. He went on to say, she and I connected quickly around the ambitious vision for the future of Illinois women's basketball, which she and her staff plan to spread around the state and across the country. Our program is in great hands under Coach Green's leadership, and I look forward to the hard work that she will yield a bright future. So it looks like he may, uh, it looks like she's already hit the ground running. Uh, she already had three recruits coming in from the previous uh, coach, Nancy Fahey, uh, but she's picked up some recruits of her own uh, on April 11th. Now, she was introduced, I think it was March 17th, it said. Yeah. Um, on April 11th, so less than a month later, she tabbed 5'6 guard Makira Cook, uh, a transfer from her old school of Dayton. Uh, Cook averaged 11 point, 11.7 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and shoots 35% from the on the arc. She led Dayton in scoring it as a sophomore with 14.8 points a game. Uh, she was the number 82 player in the country when she signed with Dayton. Just a week later, NC State transfer Genesis Bryant, another 5'6 guard from Jonesboro, Georgia, who spent two years at NC State, appeared in 34 games, 2.3 points, 1.1 rebounds, and less than one assist a game, uh, point zero, uh, 0.9. Uh, she's a good shooter, though, 44% from the floor, 82% from the foul line. A four-star recruit rated the number 46 player in the country and the number 11 prospect in 2020. Uh, then five days after that, uh, she picked up another Dayton transfer in Bryn Shoop Hill, a 6'3 forward, 
Uh, played as a freshman last year with the Flyers. She only averaged six minutes, but did have two games, uh, two double double, or two games in double figures. Uh, she went to high school in Goshen, Indiana, where she was voted to the All-State team four times, reaching the first team status in her senior year. Now, Bryant Cook and Sue Hill will have three years of eligibility. Um, April 27th, she signed true freshman uh, recruit Cameron Rhodes, a 5'6 guard from Chandler, Arizona, who originally committed to Coach Green and Dayton, uh, but when Green transferred to Illinois, she decommitted and then signed with the U of I. At Tucson Sabino High School, she was 2019 Southern Arizona Player of the Year, 2020 Honorable Mention All-Region Honors. Uh, she then transferred to Arizona Compass Prep, where she was ranked the number 41 player in the country in 2022. And then finally, May 27th, the uh, Illini got a commitment or signed Aisha Nador uh, from Simone, Senegal. She's a junior college transfer from Northwest Florida State College after, one, uh, after she played one year at Rutgers. She only played one game at Rutgers. Last year, however, she did play 18 games uh, at Northwest uh, Florida State, um, where she averaged just over two points and one rebound a game and shot 41% from the field, and should help the Illinois' inside presence. Now, I said these are in addition to the top to the recruits already uh, signed by and, and on campus by Nancy Fahey. Uh, Camille Jackson's a 5'11 guard from Chicago, uh, Butler College Prep. Uh, rated as a four-star recruit by ESPN, number 65 overall player, and number 17 guard in the class of 2022. She was also rated as the number two Illinois player by Prep Girls Hoops. She averaged 14.9 points a game, 7.7 .7 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 3.7 steals, and 1.2 blocks per game at Butler College Prep. Suffice it to say, she probably could play a big role in this team. Uh, Lisa Tamponen, a 6'5 center from Tampere, Finland, uh, and Macalinantin Upper Secondary. I'm assuming that's the school she went to. <laughs> uh, she averaged 11.4 points a game, 9.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists. <clears throat> she competed for Finland in the 2017 and 2018 Under-16 European Championships. Uh, and then also Samantha Dewey, a 6'2 forward from North Andover, Ma uh, Massachusetts, uh, Brooks Books School, Brooks School, excuse me, ranked as the number two player in Massachusetts. She led the Brooks School to NEPSAC tournament championships, where she scored 16 points and grabbed 15 rebounds in the championship game, and was named MVP of the tournament. Uh, now all these are added to what was uh, pretty much left of the staff. Uh, excuse me, of the uh, roster. Uh, the returnees from last year are Adalia McKenzie, a 5'10 sophomore guard, who averaged 9 points a game and 4 rebounds one, and 1.6 assists. Jada Peebles, a 5'10 senior guard, <clears throat> 7 points a game, 1.5 rebounds, one and, uh, almost just a little under 2 assists per game. Kendall Bostic, a 6'2 junior forward, averaged 6.7 points a game, but 11.4 rebounds. Top rebounder on the team last year, uh, and with the addition of, uh, of uh, Nador and um, uh, Tana, Tampanen, 
Uh, I think the inside game is going to be pretty pretty solid for Illinois. Uh, Jaden Oden, 5'9", sophomore guard, averaged six points and two rebounds and two assists a game. And Giovanna Lopez, a 6'3", uh, graduate student center, who averaged 3.4 points, 3.1 rebounds, and 1.1 assists. So I kind of think it's safe to say right now that uh, this should be an exciting team for the University of Illinois women's women's uh, program. Uh, Green is a very youthful 42 uh, and exudes confidence and poise. And as, as she's got a proven track record. I mean, uh, you spend I mean, Dayton is. It may not be, you know, a a, a, a Tennessee or or a LSU or something like that. But Dayton's a pretty solid program. Has been for a number of years. And uh, Green making that program what it was uh, the last six years, I think, bodes well uh, for her ability to to coach. And I think from the looks of the, what she's brought in, uh, this could be very good. And I think uh, if, if uh, judging by Josh, Josh Whitman's last two hires in Brad Underwood and Brett Bielema, I think women's basketball may be in for a... Uh, rise in popularity again um something we haven't seen since uh, teresa grintz um, so good luck to coach green well i tell you what guys that's about it for me uh, i was going to talk a little bit about the cardinals but i think i'm going to cut it short tonight uh so you can always check me check us out again at gateway city sports and I should have some articles coming your way, one about the Cardinals and another one about uh, the Illini. If you have any suggestions or comments, you can contact the show at its website, Talking Sports, that's one word, hyphen OTB hyphen GCS dot on podium dot com or via Twitter at TSOTBGCS or reach me my Twitter at Big D underscore GCS. You can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. So for now, so take care for now. I'll see you again when we can talk sports on the bleachers.